0: Hours ago, the Institute received a distress call from one of their compounds.
1: Alpha has entered the facility, starting our search. Looks like they found something in the ice. That's Chloe. They're coming.
2: What is this thing? The
0: longer we stay here, the more dangerous it is for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me, as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom?
1: Greetings and salutations. Christmas shoppers. I'm going to go with Christmas shoppers again because I have nothing to go with this movie. So, yeah, it's still Christmas. We're still shopping. And, folks, if anyone's interested, I am multitasking tonight. I am wrapping gifts while I get to talk about tonight's movie. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So are you a... uh... Well, assuming you guys put up a Christmas tree, are you putting gifts yes. under the tree as they come in?
1: As I wrap them. I, I okay. don't wrap them as soon as they – I'm the kind of person that waits until, like, a, a bulk of them are here. Um, like, I, I would say I'm, like, uh, probably 90% done shopping. And uh, with uh, – the wife gets Tuesdays and Wednesdays off. those That's her weekend. So tonight being Monday, I figured it would be a good night. The tree is up. I just got the tree this weekend. And uh, you know, uh, it's the last night uh, before her weekend, so I figure, fuck it. It'll make the tree look better too. Christmas tree without gifts underneath looks terrible. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look right. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, joining us as always as well. It's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don?
2: yeah what's going on guys um you should do what i do um i just put a crap load of uh, reindeer underneath it until the presents arrive it makes it look a little more I, I i wouldn't say filled in but it makes it look a little bit more like an actual like there's actually something there that's not bad <laughs> that's what um we do we usually take um our because we uh, my mom collects uh reindeer ah. so uh we have we, we we literally have a four foot plastic bin filled with them, and <laughs> we usually just stuff them anywhere that we can find. And uh, usually that means uh, a, a good dozen or so are crammed underneath the tree. So until we actually get the presents in, that's usually how we go about it is we usually just uh-huh. we have the, the leftover reindeers just underneath the tree. Um, there's like a few scattered throughout the house, but the rest are just thrown underneath the tree until the presents arrive.
1: Yeah, the only thing I have an abundance of here that I could do that with would be Jason Voorhees and Venom figures, <laughs> which I don't know how Christmassy Jason and Venom really are. So, <laughs> Though it would look cool as hell, regardless.
2: Well, I mean, there's never a hike in the snow, so it, it's somewhat Christmassy. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many Ghost Jason figures you have, but that's
1: better than oh. nothing. Man, if they – if oh, man, if Vincent Desanti, I, I mean, I don't think he'd be able to get the license to release a Jason Voorhees figure from his movie. But if he could, that would be great. Maybe somebody on Etsy could make it or whatever, something unofficial.
2: <laughs>
0: hmm. yeah, yeah, so I, I, all our stuff is still in, like, all the boxes they arrived in. We'll probably start trying to wrap some stuff because we made the mistake of waiting till. Like, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve to, like, try to wrap everything and just get exhausted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, plus you don't get to enjoy the fully, you know, packed tree for too long. Just for, what, one morning before all the kids tear their packages open. Yeah. I like like seeing the gifts under there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, in this... In like 2020 and 2021 with the whole pandemic and not really being able to invite as many people over as you'd like to celebrate the holiday, it's like what you do in your house yourself is going to kind of dictate how festive you are, you know, since I don't have guests here, you know, the, the decorations and the tree and everything else, that's going to just dictate to me how festive I get and uh so i just like to do it Uh, and i I like to do it earlier but this year I, i mean this is late for me it's already the 13th the tree just went up this past weekend which is the 12th would have been the 12th and that's like a week later than usual for me i'm not one of those people that puts the tree up right after black friday or anything but usually like a week after thanksgiving i'll do it and so i'm a week late this year but i'm still feeling festive so all is well
2: oh yeah no um we usually have ours out either that Saturday or Sunday. Um, usually, yeah. it's either one or the other. Um, one day is inside, one day is outside. It, it. it doesn't matter which one we do first, but usually that Saturday and Sunday. One day the the yard the house lights go up. The the, the other day is uh, the tree and all the indoor deco- indoor decorations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we have we always have ours up before December. Nice. I'm just lazy. Don't let this distract distract you from what we're actually here to talk about, folks. Yeah, please. (laughs)
0: Actually, no, please let it distract us. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah, pre-show conversation there, folks. Uh, (laughs) We'll we'll discuss more in a few seconds, but pre-show knowledge that nobody really knows but us. (laughs) (laughs) Inside jokes.
0: All right. right. Yeah, so I guess we will get into the movie now. So we are covering uh, Resident Death Evil Valley, uh, otherwise <laughs> known as Death Valley. Uh, it's streaming on Shudder currently. Yes, actual title is Death Valley. The other thing was a poor... Oh, specific. I thought it
1: was Resident Evil, Death Valley, Doom. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's another good one. <laughs> yeah, I caught I more Doom than Resident Evil, but... <laughs> we'll
1: get uh, it, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, so our synopsis. Mercenaries with nothing to lose are hired to rescue a bioengineer imprisoned in a Cold War bunker. Upon entering uh, the ominous facility, they find themselves in a fight for their lives when they come under attack from an unknown and deadly creature. All
1: right, that synopsis is already wrong. In the very first line, there's already a major issue with that synopsis. Uh, Mercenaries with nothing to lose... Did our main mercenary not just get married and have a kid on the way? Are you yeah. Are telling me he's got nothing to lose, really? Hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty much the only reason he accepted the mission, because he has something.
1: <laughs> exactly. If he had nothing to lose, he would have happily <laughs> just taken the mission and gone, not had a, you know, a struggle, like a mental struggle, whether he should take it or not. And then, of course, you know, with the movie opening with that conver- – well, not opening, but one of the early scenes, that conversation with his wife – just yeah, uh, nothing to lose my ass. Yeah, <laughs> that just that just proves that the people that write these synopses eh, maybe don't always watch the film. <laughs> yeah,
0: sometimes it feels like the synopsis is written uh, <laughs> like before. I don't. I don't even know what the hell they're thinking sometimes. But let's uh, find out what we're thinking about Death Valley. So uh, general thoughts will begin with Venom. Uh, what do you got?
1: All right. Well. um unfortunately there's not going to be a whole lot of positive for me uh this movie feels like they took that they heavily borrowed from two bad video game movies put them together and made an even worse video game movie Uh, and of course we've already mentioned the two movies resident evil and doom now Listen, listen to my synopsis of this movie. An elite mercenary team is sent in to a scientific facility to find the whereabouts of their, missing, uh, of their missing alpha team that was sent in before them and to save any scientists that they can. Now, folks, did I just describe Resident Evil or Death Valley? Um, both. fucking it's the same goddamn movie now mind you people who've never played resident evil or never maybe really watched many of the resident evil movies obviously aren't going to see that and it's going to be fairly original to them but yeah this entire movie between the military setting um even the look of the creature and by the way that is going to be the most positive thing i have to say about the movie i do love this creature design but the creature design borrows heavily once again from both games. It looks like it's a combination of a liquor because if you remember the lickers from Resident Evil don't have eyes. They only see, or they, they, they use sonar, like, you know, they see through hearing. And, uh, you know, it looks like their brains are exposed. Well, that's exactly what we got with this creature, except that the liquors are quadrupeds and the creatures here are bipedal. They're more, they're more humanoid. Uh, but then they also look a little bit like, a, uh, uh, oh, I forget how to pronounce it. It's one of the demons from doom that, uh, the creature actually only has one eye, but it still has that kind of top half of the head effect that looks like it's an exposed brain. So yeah, I mean, creature design, though, not very original, still does look good. I'm going to give them credit for the creature design. Um, but yeah man the rest of this movie the dialogue is painful. These are the worst soldiers, some of the worst soldiers I think I've ever seen and I'm specifically talking about our two main guys. Um by the way, if anybody's interested in what the actor from what a movie made by the actor who played Psycho Gorman would look like, lo and behold we have Death Valley. Yes, the writer and director of this film is Matthew Minabar. And he played Psycho Gorman in the film earlier this year. So, yeah, our main star in the film is Jeremy Ninebar. Uh, he's the brother of Matthew, obviously. Uh, and Matthew does appear in this film, guess what? As the creature. So, yeah, we, we've got we, we've got some connections to Psycho Goreman, but not in the ways that I want it to connect or Psycho Goreman, even though it was Psycho Goreman isn't a movie that I praised when we reviewed it. I still did enjoy a lot of it. I thought a lot of it was really cool and I, I could see why it was getting the praise that it was receiving. You know, it's not like I couldn't understand why people loved it so much. I completely understand why people love it so much. Um, but it just, you know. Aspects of it didn't work for me. Anyway, back to death Valley as I'm watching this movie. It just, like I said, it it borrows so much from other movies that it's hard to kind of really take this too seriously. Uh, The dialogue, as I've already mentioned, uh, poorly written and poorly delivered. Like, Other than our main star in this one, Jeremy Ninebar, I don't think anybody was really exceptional with their performance here. You know, they were all acceptable. I'm not going to say that they were necessarily the worst actors I've ever seen. Not at all. Um, This movie definitely felt like a sci-fi original to me and it had that sci-fi television glossiness to it uh but definitely didn't look like a hollywood horror film something that we would have sat through in a theater um the, the movie's set in a jungle setting but the cinematography is really nothing really to talk about the score is okay but the score comes off as almost too epic you know like a big epic military score Um, they, they, the score was basically too big for this movie's britches, if you will. So I'm not going to say it was bad. It just didn't really fit in a lot of places. Um, uh, like I said, the decision making, you know, the stupidity of our two soldiers and and these guys are supposed to be trained mercenaries. I, I assume they're trained in some way, shape or form. Um, You almost get the impression that they actually are like U.S. military at first, but then when you look at the uniforms, you see there's no insignias, there's no designation with any country or or organization, um, even though they do definitively have like a uniform on, like a very military-style uniform. So, you know, you assume most mercenaries are at least moderately well-trained, given some kind of like – I don't know, like emergency assessment skills, like you know, decision making, problem solving, stuff like that. And these two, yeah, they, they, uh, our, our two main guys, James and Marshall, yeah, I'm sorry, they're they're just not very bright. It's it's a damn near a shock to me that they even got as far into the movie as they did. Uh, Obviously, spoiler free right now, so I'm not going to reveal any fates. But yeah, the fact that, you know, they even survived the first 10 minutes of the movie is a shock to me with the stupidity that they were displaying. Um, but let's let's get to the positives. And obviously it's going to be the creature. Um, really cool creature design. Um, one thing that I that I really respect that this movie does that a lot of creature features don't do is that it they didn't give us that slow reveal of the monster. Like, you know, maybe in the cold open, you'll see like a claw maybe or a foot. Or you might see it from behind. No, this movie is literally bam creature. There it is in all its glory. Like there's no, you know, there's no buildup. There's no nothing. I respect that because uh, sometimes the buildup to the reveal of a monster or a creature just doesn't feel like it fits, you know, and, and this one, they could have actually done a little bit something because the eventual reveal would have been fairly impressive looking, but they subverted all of that. And I give them kudos for that. Um, I have no major issues with the pacing of the film. I mean, we, we start right into the action, right from the cold open, you know, we already see three people running away from some unforced, you know, unseen, um, you know, entity that's kind of chasing them down a hallway. But, you know, so, so like I said, lots of action, uh, pacing is okay. Like I won't necessarily say I was bored during any of the film, but I will say that I was rolling my eyes a lot, Um, especially during the military scenes, um, there, there's a big military gunfight outside the facility before they actually get in. That's just, oh God, it's, it's just one of those ones that looks like it was shot on a weekend, you know, on a very low budget. I have no idea what the budget for this film is. Um, this is a Shudder original though. This isn't just a Shudder exclusive. They actually do have a hand in the production of this film, which disappoints me a little bit. Honestly, I would expect a little bit more out of Shudder at this point, but Uh, Let me just cut this short and just say, uh, yeah, I just had a lot of problems with this movie. Aside from the creature effects, I did not have a great time with this one. I hated the story. I hated how confusing all the reveals were. After watching the movie, I'm still not 100% sure who this woman is. Like, I I must have missed a key line of dialogue somewhere. And once we get to the spoiler section, hopefully Mike or Don can kind of fill me in on what I missed. But yeah. Like I watched that scene where they give us the big reveal and I'm just like, what? So like, I I just, yeah, this whole story just did not work for me. And like I said, the mere fact that every single scene borrows heavily from two other not so great video game movies, just, is not uh, helping this film at all. So, not to say that there's not people that are going to like this film. I, th- I you know, there's going to be a lot of people that just like fun, brainless uh, creature features, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your bag, awesome. But for me, I kind of look for a little bit more substance in my creature features. Um, Like, maybe you remember antlers from a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, actually, that we reviewed here on this show. I was higher on that than I was on this, but I still wasn't all that high on antlers, as high as other people were. So, um, as you can see, I kind of demand a little bit more from my creature features. And uh, this one, yeah, for whatever it's worth, just didn't work for me on every level. So, yeah. Uh, not going to get a recommend from me. Next.
0: All right, Don, you're up. What did you think?
2: Well, uh, I'm a lot more positive on it than Venom. Um, I I, I do agree with a couple of the points. Um, His issues with it, with um, a lot of the decision-making skills and a lot of the tactical military um, advantages that they're supposed to have, I, I, I do agree that's one of my major failings with it. But... As for a lot of his issues, I I don't have them. Uh, I'm not concerned with it not being original. I'm not concerned with it borrowing heavily from video games that uh, I'm not that fond of. It it doesn't bother me. I was was a lot more into it. Um, A lot of the action scenes are a lot more fun. Um, A lot of that stuff is what I'm into it for. So I do enjoy the opening firefights in the forest. I do like a lot of the gun battles inside the facility. That was a lot more my speed and what I was into. As for uh, the rest of the film, I, I found the setup intriguing, not necessarily great, but intriguing. I was into it. <sighs> the necessity to have so many reveals. I'm still torn on that because on the one hand, I, I do agree. There's too many in there and it just feels way too drawn out, way too confusing. And a lot of them don't make sense as if they were trying to expand this into a bigger story than what we're originally getting here. You know, something like they're setting up for sequels or prequels or something like that. Like I, they were setting this up to be something that's not going to be the only entry in this franchise. I, I don't know if we necessarily needed that. Maybe if there was hints of it more than anything, and I'm trying to, trying to dance around it just so that way we're, keeping it spoiler free uh in in the other hand i i do like a lot of the fact that i was actually kind of caught off guard by some of the reveals i didn't see them coming so the fact that there were it was actually something that i didn't necessarily plot out in advance and figure okay i know where this is going or i know what you know like what's going to happen next uh To me, I do like that aspect of it, but at the same time, a lot of the reveals don't necessarily make any sense or they come off as just building a grander story than what's necessarily supposed to be in this kind of a film. But in the end, I I still had fun with it. Um, The creature is fantastic. He's, you know, definitely the best part, you know, it being the same guy that. You know, played PG in the film. You know, it's a practical costume, so that's a plus in my book. It's not necessarily the goriest for what I would have wanted or expected, so uh, I, maybe that's a little bit of a, another drawback, but in the end, I'm not going to say it's the best. I'm not going to go around saying it's like, you know, the second coming of any, you know... It's not like the second coming of Pumpkinhead, which is a, you know similar film about a creature that just stalks people and kills them, but I I had enough fun with it that I didn't hate myself after, but I I do see a lot of the flaws where Venom is, I'm just not as they're just not detrimental to me as detrimental to me as they are to him, I guess is what I'm trying to say, so Mm -hmm. yeah um, at the risk of saying anything more incriminating, I'll just uh, leave it at that Mm.
0: Alright, so... Yeah, for me, it, it just felt like this movie was a generic version of other movies we've seen before. I don't think it necessarily makes it a bad movie on that you know, on that uh, scale alone. I, I don't know, I just didn't find the movie very interesting. I think Venom kind of said it right when he was like, it, it's almost like an, a sci-fi network or like asylum version of other movies we've seen uh not i i didn't find the characters terribly interesting i thought the creature design was kind of cool but then again it reminded me of the Liker or liquor or whatever from resident evil so that's probably why i liked it so much exactly because i've seen it in another movie like almost exact yes it was missing a couple of the features um but it's Kind of like The Simpsons with the Shining and the Shining. You did just enough to for not to get sued for being a Resident Evil movie, almost, basically. Um, what else can I say about it? You know, I don't know. It, it kind of felt like they took some of, of the plot of the original Resident Evil movie mixed with Resident Evil itself, the game, and kind of mixed and matched to make their own movie out of it. But I don't know. I just have a hard time when movies do that. But then they're like the some other parts just equal less than everything that came before it. I, again, I'll reiterate. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad movie, but it's just like if if you're into this kind of thing, there's many better ones to watch. I was just kind of bored. I, I wasn't really into like the twists and reveals. Nothing was really surprising about it. I don't know if I. I Did I find anything confusing or not 100% sure? Maybe towards the end, there was like a reveal. Maybe it was the the last reveal. I don't know. We'll have to get into that in spoilers. But I don't know. It just felt like a very average movie. Um, I think it it will have its audiences. It tends to be on the action horror side of things. Some people are into that. Action horror is really not one of my personal favorites. Uh, There are ones out there that exist that I like. I mean, Aliens is probably the most famous one for tilting on the action side. And also one ju- that
2: kind of, that. now that you say it, that actually does have kind of a similar premise to this even, now that mm-hmm. you say it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I, mean, I didn't even
2: sure. catch it. I mean, I mean, yeah, the reasoning why they're there is a little different, but almost kind of the same thing now that you say that. I didn't even yeah. catch it. Oh,
0: uh, true, true. But uh, what else can I say? Hmm. Uh... Uh, nothing really I mean it's 90 minutes so was, at least it doesn't you know stick around way too long <laughs> but uh, yeah I just think it's an average film it's nothing you gotta run out and see it's not gonna well I can't, I can't say it's not gonna be on anybody's list but it, it's not gonna be anywhere close to my top 10 probably um, I mean well, it'll, be closer
2: not, to, but, it'll be closer to the higher end of mine but it's not like I'm gonna say it's like my 10 worst of the year yeah
0: there you go that's true yeah, like I said, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a bad movie, but there's just nothing about it that really grabs me to say, like, to recommend to other people, oh, you got to go watch this. And that's kind of, like, the most disappointing thing, because I feel like Shudder, they're kind of, I, I don't know, I don't know really how, know how to explain it, but it feels like, you know, maybe... They're better than this? Like, it.
2: this should be Netflix rather than Shudder?
0: They all, they, I feel like they used to be, and maybe it's just part of the growing pains of, like, with a, you know, if we're getting more subscribers, we feel like we have to ramp up the amount of content, and maybe there's just not always like the good festival stuff that they can get rights to soon enough. So, mm-hmm. there we have to fill our streaming platform with something new, and it's movies like this that end up getting the call because it's like, well, we can't get the stuff we really want to. Whereas, like, I remember when I first subscribed to Shudder, it felt like they much better at like grabbing festival stuff and maybe it's just the growth where bigger platforms or bigger distributions are snatching those up and shutter is having to settle for you know what's left but you're also
2: you're
1: also not i was going to say you're also not distinguishing between shutter originals and shutter exclusives like you're you're talking about movies that they picked up at uh at, at like festivals those are not shutter originals Shutter right. didn't have anything to do with the production of that film. This is a Shutter production. This film. This is an actual Shutter original. There is Shutter money involved in the production of this movie. So yeah, we have to. Because uh, I, because I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Shutter is a great distributor. I think that they pick up a lot of really cool indie horror films and put them out there. I, don't, I honestly, I don't remember what the last Shutter actual production that we reviewed on this show was, if we gave it a positive re- review or not. But yeah. This one, it's a little disappointing, especially considering Shudder is kind of the source for horror for many of us, the fact that this is what they kind of gave us. On top of the fact that this kind of feels like their answer to the recent Resident Evil movie that just came out as well, which is like, that's kind of like the Asylum type shit. Like, don't turn into the Asylum. The Asylum's got their thing, and that's cool for them. But Shudder should not be using that formula in any way, shape or form. Make the reason Shudder is great is because they pick up so many original and different kinds of films. And this film is literally I mean, Mike, you said it. It feels like it's the Asylum's version of Welcome to Raccoon City. And that's unfortunate. Um And it's funny, too, because it seems like we we ran the gambit on this review. It seems like Don likes the movie, Mike's indifferent, and I do not like it. I will be the one to say it's a bad movie. I'm going to say it's a bad movie. I don't care that it looks slick. I don't care that it's shot somewhat professionally, because the entire movie's shot on handheld cameras, which I'm not a big fan of. It, It just screams independent. Um And sometimes big production films will do that purposely to have their film look like it's an indie. Uh, But with this one, yeah, it's very obvious that, you know, every shot is handheld, every shot is shaking, not shaking a lot like you can't, uh, you know, make out what's going on, but it's enough that you're like, oh my God, handheld camera, please stop, at least for me. So, you know, someone who's seen as many films as we have might notice it a little bit more, but yeah, I, I'm going to say it's a bad movie. Uh, I'm going to die on that hill because, like I said, I, I don't usually bitch and moan too much about the lack of originality in a, in movies. I mean, I've said it flat out a thousand times. I'd rather see a rehashed idea done well than an original idea done poorly. And to me, this is a rehashed idea done poorly, which is the worst of all possibilities. Um, you know, like I said, yeah. there's a market for it there's definitely people that are going to enjoy this and that's cool. I'm jealous of them because I, you know, a- after reading the synopsis, I was kind of excited to kind of watch this. Um especially when I saw that Psycho Gorman wrote and directed this, I'm like, "Okay, maybe he learned enough while on Psycho Goreman." That, you know, he could make his own little indie horror film. And and to Don's point about the gore, yeah, there's almost no gore in this movie. A movie like this needs gore. I don't care if it's mainstream, indie, whatever. If you're going to do a creature feature like this with kind of a military, uh, you know, kind of wrap around with the whole thing, then you got to give me some gore. Uh, all we really got as far as gore is, what, a couple of CG headshots during the, you know, uh, the gunfights outside. Um, and
2: there's the like a part, couple of after there's a couple of aftermath shots when they're walking through the facility, but that's right. No right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Aftermath stuff. I mean, I, I you know, it, it does look good. And like I said,
1: I don't want to take anything away from what's actually in the movie effect wise. It does look good. I just, obviously the budget must've been a limitation for them because of the fact that there's no, not a lot of gore. I mean, especially when you look at these creatures and the fact that they're blind and that they see through hearing, um, Not necessarily sonar, but just, you know, they're listening for noises and blah, 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 just like the Resident Evil liquors. Once again, more similarities. So it's still one of those things where um, I will praise what they did well. Unfortunately, I don't believe they did very much well. Um, But like I said, I mean, you've got three of us on this show. All three of us seem to have different opinions. So it seems like you might have to just watch it and find out for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I, I think for me, it's like, like I, I just find movies like this more generic than anything. It's like, you can give her or, or, or take it. It's like, I, it wasn't like I, when it was over, I was like angry, like, like, Oh my God, this movie sucked. But it was just like, I was very just indifferent. Like, okay. It's just another thing that I saw that I'm not going to remember in a month from now. Like, and, and I, I was kind of disappointed too, because I didn't really read any full on reviews of it beforehand, but I did see some like posts on social media of people like, Oh, this is the movie that resident evil raccoon city was trying to be. I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. And then uh. when I watched when I watched it, I was like, what? I was like, I'm like the exact opposite. Like, and I didn't even think raccoon city was like a great movie either. It's just, if I'm comparing the two, I'm like, I, and maybe that's a bias because I'm a fan, you know, of the games and Raccoon City did a semi-decent job of implementing game stuff. So that I can see that bias in my opinion there, but side by side, I would still, t- I think even without that aspect, I would take Raccoon City over this for, you know, I don't need to bullet point all the reasons, but I just think it's a better movie than this um so i was a little thrown off afterwards remembering those like those few posts saying that so i was like huh eh. um mm. but yeah i i think for me and especially because it's shutter like if this would have been on netflix i would have half expected it but shutter it's like they tend to be a good platform you know for horror fans by horror fans that they kind of they they usually have the pulse of what the horror horror community wants and i know we're on i do uh, a diverse group we're not even though we're all horror fans we don't all love the same things but to put out something just kind of like flat and generic it, when like i think they've generally done a good job with creep show like there's obviously better episodes and worse or you know lesser episodes but i feel like they got the feel of what horror fans want in that production at least it feels like uh-huh. a creep show show so you know when it comes to movies and stuff it's like they put this out and I'm just like, oh man, it just feels like you, you did the exact opposite with a movie like this. You just put out just something you could find anywhere else. And w- with a limited budget, I-, I was like, man, make a smaller story, you know, something yes. that, that you can really focus on the story and the characters and forget all like the actiony stuff that you're not going to have the proper money to put into anyway. So it's like, just do something <laughs> different, please. So. Yeah, it's a miss for me. If I you just realized it's a Canadian already. movie,
1: too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not that I, I'm not saying anything by saying that, necessarily. It's not like I hate Canadian movies, but uh, maybe I'm a little less surprised that I didn't like it very much.
2: <laughs> mm. I
1: don't know. Like I said, it just it felt kind of derivative, uh, you know... I don't usually bitch and moan about lack of originality, you know? If anything, I try to defend movies that give us what we want, quote-unquote, and I don't know, especially me, a huge Resident Evil and Doom fan. I mean, those are two of my favorite video game franchises ever, and I don't even hate the movies, even though the movies were, you know, well, the original franchise, the first couple weren't terrible. And then, of course, we got the new ones. And then the Doom movie with The Rock. Holy shit, that was awful. But that's a a review for another show. Um... (laughs) Just for as much as I love these franchises, man, I just can't get into the movies. It just, it's one of those things that I guess these stories, these narratives, are just better told in a first-person, you know, um, not first-person, no, what's the word I'm looking for, interactive, in, in a more interactive space. Rather than just sitting and watching the story play out in front of you, these stories are more compelling and interesting when you're a part of the story, when you're actually controlling one of the characters, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm i starting to think that this whole, you know, scientific facility, you know, getting locked down because of a bacterial or viral infection escaping. It's like that. I can't remember too many of that style of movie that I would ever praise. They're always like average, middle of the road, all, all the way down to just bad for me. So, yeah, too bad. Sorry, Psycho Goreman. I wanted to like your movie, but I couldn't.
0: Yeah. And maybe like the timing of it. It hurts it more because Raccoon City barely came out, what, a month ago, if that. Um, so the fact that something's so similar – because, it, it, I mean, you could look at this movie and think, like, okay, they just had to do just enough to, like, make it not Resident Evil. <laughs> but it still feels – like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, Oh, it feels – oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It feels 100%. I mean, did you not hear my synopsis? No, they no, even, no. I, exact, I, I didn't mean it doesn't – I, I meant like they have to do enough which is okay let's make sure that no character names are too similar we don't call wow. any villains anything but other other, other than that, that exactly that's no that's what Christmas. i meant exactly that exactly that's that was my point it was like do just
1: enough not to get sued for. Uh, okay, well then, Resident Evil. then that's valid, yeah. I mean, they even called the teams Alpha and Bravo team, which I know is kind of a standard military designation, but just again, it's just too similar with the stars Alpha and Bravo teams in the original Resident Evil games. Uh, you know, like I said, the fact that they're going to a facility to find the first team that they sent previously that disappeared, they got to try to get scientists out before a viral infection escapes the lab, blah, blah, I mean, it's almost to the letter the exact same movie. Now, obviously, when you watch both movies back to back, no, they're not the same literally like scene for scene, but the the actual premise is literally the same thing to the letter. And considering how recent the Resident Evil release was, that's why it makes me feel like this is one of those asylum, you know, oh, you're going to release Godzilla versus King Kong? Well, then we're going to release Ape versus Monster, you know, that's kind of what this felt like. And I, that that Shutter is so much better than that. I, just, I really hope this doesn't turn into a, a kind of a trend where Shudder starts doing, like, B-movie versions of big theatrical horror things that come out, because, goddamn, don't... You know, like I said, the Asylum has its niche, and I like a lot of Asylum movies. Don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm being negative about the Asylum. No. What they do is their thing, and it shouldn't be anybody else's thing, you know? Um, So, yeah, I I, I don't know what else to say. I I, I wanted to like this a lot more than I ended up liking it, and that's really too bad.
0: Especially (laughs) because... Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, speaking on the whole Resident Evil thing, would you have been surprised if in the third act in walks Chris Redfield like randomly, and
1: you're like, oh, oh okay. I was <laughs> expecting there to be a post credit scene with Albert Wesker showing up. <laughs> but this time he'd have his sunglasses on and all ready to go. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, if you're not as familiar with Resident Evil as Doom as, you know, a lot of us hardcore gamers, you're probably going to find more enjoyment out of it, you know, because it's not going to be every single scene isn't going to remind you of something that you've seen in a video game or a movie, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. Um, So I can see that. That's why I'm saying that there is a market for this movie. There are going to be a lot of horror fans that enjoy this movie now. As far as the statement that you made earlier, Mike, that this is the movie Welcome to Raccoon City wished it was, I want to meet that person so I can slap them in the mouth personally. Because that's got to be one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard. It's fine if you hate Resident Evil. It really is. But if you're going to look me in the face and tell me that this movie is better than Welcome to Raccoon City, I don't give a shit about your movie opinion. And we're probably not friends after that. (laughs) So, yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, um, man. So I, what do you say? Get into uh, the very thin storyline that we have here?
0: Uh, sure,
1: man. Let's <laughs> do it. All right. So this is your final final spoiler warning, folks. If you do plan on watching Death Valley after everything that we've said, um, go ahead and stop listening now and come back after you watch the film. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, our film does open with a cold open, goes right into the action we three we see three just uh people inside of a facility running away from some unseen force uh two men and a women and a woman and a women (laughs) and a woman uh we'll find out who uh at least two of those three people are later in the film what we end up seeing is um they're running trying to run out of a facility that is in the middle of a lockdown it's about to get locked down it's literally like 10 20 30 seconds away from a full shutdown and uh one of the the guy that's leading the group of people running once he gets past the threshold of the you know the door that kind of closes when it goes to lockdown he turns around and he shoots the other male character um at this point we think he's dead because you know they shot him and he falls down blah 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 then he turns around and he points the gun at the woman the only woman that's in this group It looks like he's about to shoot her also, like, you know, shoot to kill, but he ends up just shooting her in the leg, which then traps her in the facility. Once he shoots her in the leg, uh, she tries to get up and run towards the closing door, but of course doesn't make it. She ends up being trapped in the facility. Then what we see is a door, another shuttered door closing at the other end of the hall that these two are standing in. Uh, once the female notices that, she starts running towards the other door. Mind you, she's been shot in the leg. So, of course, she's kind of limping briskly, if you will, towards the other end of the hall where the other door is closing. At that, at, Just as she goes by uh, the guy's body who was shot, he wakes up. Turns out he's not dead. And he basically grabs her and tells her, don't leave me here, don't leave me here. But he ends up only making it about halfway through the shuttered door that's about to close. And then we hear a creature grab him from the other side of the door. We don't see anything. We don't, you know, don't see blood. Some great sound effects. I will say we get some good sound design here of the creature kind of tearing into flesh and breaking bones, stuff like that and then the door closes completely after the creature pulls the guy you know back towards the other side of the door the door closes and you know uh the the woman as i said is left alone in the facility At this point, she makes a video, uh, almost like a uh, a distress call type thing, uh, basically saying who she is, that she's one of the doctors in the facility, that um, something happened in the facility and that everyone is dead and she's the only survivor, and that if they want Adam, that they have to come and save her. That's all she says. If you want to save Adam, you have to come and get me out of this facility. Very cryptic. Obviously, we'll get the explanation later. Uh, and then at this point, we get our title card. That's the end of our cold open, and we are introduced to our uh, military folks. We we see that there are there is a team going in. Um, there's two teams going in. As I mentioned, an Alpha team and a Bravo team. The Alpha team goes in first. They have a specific plan of going in one part of the facility, sweeping the facility, making sure that all enemies are dispatched and all like information and data, anything that they want to save from the laboratory is taken with them. While Bravo team comes later, uh, a little bit, you know, same mission, but just later in the mission and they go in through a different exit. Now, a uh, uh, different entrance to the facility. The, the thing that I don't understand is why would they only send, wh- what did they send, like a total of four or five people between the two teams? Like, like Bravo team is literally, uh, what, four people. And then Alpha team is like three people maybe. So like six or seven. They literally send in a mercenary force of six or seven to deal with a local militia whose numbers they have no idea about. You know, they assume it's a local militia, so they're going to be untrained, blah, blah, blah. But of course, once they get to the facility and uh, they have a firefight, they realize these are trained mercenaries. These are like Russian mercenaries that are um, they look like they're more heavily armed than even our mercenaries that we're following in the film. So, you know, like I said, we get a we get a big gunfight. One of the Bravo team members gets killed. Uh, Another member of Bravo team gets shot in the neck and they are unable to, like, drag him out of the jungle. So he ends up getting captured by the local militia. Um, Where do we go from here? Um, At this point, the the injured soldier, the one that's captured by the militia, uh, we this is where we get our first reveal, I guess you could say, of the film that the militia, that these guys aren't actually bad guys. They're trying to stop whatever's trying to get out of the facility. So they're not actually trying to take over the facility or uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like we're told, actually, at one point in the movie, our our only survivor, Dr. Chloe, basically tells us, you know, that uh, the military guys outside, they want to turn this into a weapon. They're trying to get in here, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it turns out, no, they're trying to keep in. They're trying to not let anything escape from what's going on in there. So they're they're basically working as like local security, if you will, to make sure that all the local towns aren't affected by whatever comes out of this facility. So then we're we're inside the facility. Mind you folks, I, I know I'm skipping a lot with this one because it's just I mean we get a lot of gunfights. As Don mentioned earlier, we get a big gunfight outside, then we get more gunfights inside the facility as well. So, if you're a fan of guns, oh yeah, lots of bullets, sniper rifles, shotguns, everything. Uh, you get a nice variety of ammo in this one. Um let's see after uh, after all all parties are now inside the facility because basically what's happening is um the militia is actually more informed than the mercenaries are. Uh the militia actually knows what's in there and what they're what exactly it is they're trying to stop and who specifically they're trying to stop. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh we get, you know, some sequences here with the creature kind of attacking some military members. Uh one of, our, one of our Bravo team members, Marshall, ends up uh, trying to hide. And, and this, this is another one of those brilliant decisions. He ends up hiding inside of a cooler in a morgue, you know, where they keep the dead bodies cool before the funeral. Instead of getting into one of the empty coolers, he decides to get into a cooler that already has a body in it. Uh, and after everything that this guy has already seen up to this point in the film, it makes zero sense that he decided to do this. But yeah. And then, of course, we all know we're watching a horror movie, so the inevitable happens: uh, the dead body that's in the cooler with him ends up re- reviving, coming back to life, and ends up biting him on the arm. Um, they they've kind of implied in the film that if you are infected, bitten, scratched, you know, injured in any way that uh, once the virus gets into your system, uh, it won't come out. Oh, and by the way, shit, we haven't actually explained the virus itself, have we? Yeah, I
2: was just about to say that because you're making it sound like a zombie infection, but it's not real. Yeah, it's definitely not a zombie infection. It, seemed, uh, it They have different
1: theories of what's actually happening, but the one thing that we know for sure is that 30 years ago, at some point at this facility, they dug something out of the ice. Um, They don't really tell us specifically what, if it's a creature, if it's just maybe some... Um, some biomaterial, maybe like some just some cells or whatever, but basically, in the infinite wisdom of these scientists that discover this thing frozen in the ice, they actually try to meld it with human DNA like they're trying to breed cross breed humans with whatever the fuck it is they found in the ice, and of course you know that that's where we get our creatures from so this is this is where we find out that all that the creatures that we're seeing in the facility are former are humans they are not like you know lifelong creatures that were frozen in the ice these are all different people um you know bravo team members maybe that were uh, infected earlier um doctors you know uh, doctors in the facility that you know were infected are turning into this thing as well um we don't get an aliens situation where you know there's like a dozen of them at a time for the most part actually totally uh we only really see one at a time um, it may be the last one alive. Like, uh, again, no one's really ultra informed on, you know, uh, how many of these things there are. That she mentions that there's 22 people that were originally stationed at, at the facility and that she's the only survivor. So potentially there's 21 of these things running around, but we never actually see any kind of like horde scene or a hive or anything like that. Like I said, we see one at a time uh, for the most part. So. All right. And then we get another reveal. God damn it. Uh, This time we get a reveal of Dr. Chloe herself. And as it turns out, Dr. Chloe, as many of you probably would have guessed by now, is not a doctor she actually was a prisoner in this facility and that she's been here her entire life. She said, uh, she said, I've been here for 30 years and I had no desire to spend the rest of my life in here. So she actually sabotaged the facility. Um, This is where I get confused. Like, I'm not sure like what she did specifically, if she released the virus or if she actually is the thing that they found in the ice. I'm just very confused at what chloe's role in this whole thing is obviously for the whole movie we think she's a doctor but of course we get the reveal that she's not a doctor she actually was the prisoner she was the reason why everybody was there keeping her in there um so you know either the infection lives in her or potentially in her unborn child which yes uh, we also get the reveal in the scene that she is with child um, and that she's just as far along uh, as um, our main military. What's his name? James. Uh, James's wife is 12 weeks pregnant. And it turns out that Chloe is also right around uh, 12 weeks pregnant as well. So, you know, there's a little bit of a you know a mild connection there. But like I said, once, once we get the reveal that Chloe is actually the catalyst for all of this that's been going on. Um, you know, uh, obviously everybody kind of disassociates themselves with her. She suddenly becomes the antagonist of the film. And then we finally get a scene with uh, one of the creatures and her in the same room. And they actually have some kind of, they still have some kind of relationship because it doesn't attack her. Uh, The creature doesn't attack her. It actually attacks the other guy, uh, one of the other soldiers, Marshall. But when James, threatens to shoot Dr. Chloe, or I guess we can just call her Chloe at this point. Uh, When James threatens to shoot Chloe, the monster actually lets go of Marshall and actually starts to step away. So these are highly intelligent organisms. Um, they, They can even mimic speech. At one point, one of the mercenaries says, God help. And the creature looks at him and says, God help, in his own little creature voice. Obviously, it's not quite that clear, but you know, it's it's gargled. You can tell that he's mimicking the mercenaries. So there's obviously there's obviously still a level of intelligence here with these creatures, um, but you know, maybe not as much as they need apparently. Because uh, at this point, uh, we continue our escape. You know, um, Chloe is able to get away from the mercenaries on her own. Uh, James and Marshall are still in the facility. Uh, Marshall, as I've said, is has been bitten, but has not really said anything to anybody. Not in a malicious way, where he's trying to hide it. It's just that he's trying to help, you know, his buddy and anybody, any other survivors, get out of this facility, so that he can then just go and sacrifice himself because he knows he's about to turn um we do get a scene in the film where uh uh, the love interest of marshall gets attacked by a creature we don't see the attack we just see that she's sitting in a room she's barely breathing her eyes are open uh but you can see like the veins uh in her uh face turning blue like a deep blue like you know that that effect that we're all used to and uh what happens is Marshall asks Dr. Chloe to help her and Chloe says, well, I can't help her. There's nothing that can be done. There's no cure. <laughs> and then his his very next line is the fuck you mean there's no cure. It's like somehow he doesn't understand that this brand new virus that was just discovered, um, you know, however many years ago doesn't have a cure. So, you know, uh, again, it's the tiny brain of a military guy. Uh, No offense to my military brothers. I love you all. But yeah, these two idiots in this movie just do do not deserve any military respect at all. So, yeah, um, after Marshall leaves Dr. Chloe with um, his pseudo love interest, uh, I guess they're technically exes, but there's obviously still something there. Um, Basically, as soon as Marshall leaves the room, Chloe grabs a gun and just shoots Uh, The lady in the face just blows her head right off. Obviously, Marshall and James hear the shot. They go running back to the room. Uh, They see what has happened. And of course, we get that standard interaction where uh, Marshall wants to shoot Chloe. But then James kind of protects Chloe, you know, says, hey, if she knows that there is no cure, then why are you arguing with her type thing? Blah, blah, blah uh i'm going so out of order here folks sorry if you're looking for any kind of discernible storyline from me you're not going to get it today because yeah you know, i'm all over the place with this movie and um ultimately i do have to admit that i just watched this movie uh right before we recorded i had a very busy weekend both with recording and other activities that i had so i did not get a chance to watch this movie until today literally right before we recorded so i'm sorry if uh you know Every single bit of information isn't 100% accurate today, but, you know, sometimes it happens, especially during Christmas. We get busy with family stuff and blah, 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 blah. So back to Death Valley. Uh, Where are we? I guess we could just go to the finale from here Um, after we get all the reveals of, you know, who everybody is and what these creatures are and, you know, what Chloe's role is in this whole thing. Uh, we're back outside the facility. We basically have uh, Alexi, who was kind of the leader of the local militia, um, and he confronts Chloe. As I said, Chloe's able to get away from the soldiers. She's able to get out of the facility, but then Alexi is outside waiting for her, and it's very obvious that they had some kind of relationship, too. Uh, Alexi must have been one of the scientists who actually worked at that facility. Uh, maybe he was just security. No, he's the, the guy from the
2: beginning. He's the, he's the security guard. No, right, right. no but oh. what is his actual role? I know he's, he's a security
1: guard. Okay, he's a security guard. That's what I missed. Okay. Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the head of security. I mean, he's a big fucking dude, so he's obviously doing yeah. something physical. He's probably not a scientist, but yeah. No,
2: because they say that when they're going over the profile of the mission. they They give his picture, and they claim he was the head of security there. Okay. And he was the one that was informing the militia about what was going on, so they suspect him as the yeah. guy that was leading the militia.
1: I probably missed all of that because I was laughing so fucking hard because yeah. the briefing, the briefing scene in this movie literally feels like a cutscene out of a video game. I mean, literally, as I'm watching it, I'm like, what the fuck? Even with the map coming up and like arrows getting drawn on the map, you know, this is where the facility is. This, These are the entrances. Where I mean, yeah, I was laughing that entire scene. So, yeah. Yeah. If there was any vital information, I completely missed it. Again, yeah. sorry, folks.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what they were saying. He was the head of security at the facility, and they suspect he was the one that was informing the militia.
1: Cool. All right. So, yeah, so there you go. So, like I said, as uh, Chloe is escaping the facility, Alexi is out there waiting for her. Uh, they have a little bit of an interaction, and then they start kind of fighting. She stabs Ale- Alexi in the midsection um, Alexi being the big buff badass that he is pulls the knife out of himself and stabs Chloe in the midsection. And then she actually falls and Alexi walks away. Now I'm, I don't, I, I'm not sure if Alexi thought she was dead or if he just wants her to suffer because don't forget he shot her in the leg at the beginning of the movie. Cause he wanted her to stay in the facility. And now outside the facility, he stabs her once in the belly And he just kind of walks away almost like he walks away satisfied like we never we I don't think we even see Alexi again in the film. After that, uh, she's lying on the ground, you know, with the knife in her. uh, And then a few minutes after that, James and Marshall make their way out of the same hatch that Chloe came out of. They see that Chloe's laying on the ground with a knife in her midsection, and they also assume that she's dead, that she's been killed by someone. They think that they're safe, that they're out of the facility and ready to go. Unfortunately, Chloe does wake up and does the exact same thing Alexi does, pulls the knife out of her own wound, and then stabs Marshall, getting him down to the ground. (laughs) At this point, we have a, a back and forth where suddenly Chloe turns into fucking Chuck Norris, like, how how does this woman who lived her entire life in a scientific lab somehow able to beat up two, not one, two trained mercenaries? Yeah. Suspension of disbelief, my ass. So, yeah. So here we are watching female Rambo beat up these two mercenaries. Um, it looks like she's about to get the upper hand. She stabs James through the hand. Uh, with her knife and she's pushing down on it. Like, you know, she's straddling him. She's on top of him. She brings the knife down. It goes through James's hand. And, um, you know, she's trying to push it into his chest. But that at that exact moment, Marshall uh, grabs the rope that James wrapped around Chloe. At the beginning of this fight, James wraps a noose around Chloe's neck to try to, you know, Stopper. She's able to, she doesn't actually escape the noose so much as she escapes the hold that James has on her. And then when she's on top of him with the knife, trying to drive it into his chest, um, what do you call it? Marshall takes the other end of that rope, ties it around himself, realizing that he's been bitten and he can't escape. Like he can't leave either. He has to stay there as well for the safety of the rest of the world. So, like I said, he ties the rope around himself and then he jumps, basically, uh, you know, hurls himself back down the hatch that they just escaped from. Chloe ends up getting caught at the top of the hatch and ends up choking to death. You know, the noose basically does its job. Uh, The body weight of Marshall pulling down on the rope is enough to finally dispatch of Chloe and she is finally dead and that oh, And then we get one last little bit where uh, James grabs a sat phone, one of those satellite phones that the military uses. And he's he earlier in the film, he gave Chloe instructions on what to do if she gets out of the facility with the sat phone. You know, hit this hit this button or hit these buttons and someone will come and rescue you when James is outside of the facility after Marshall is dead, after Chloe is dead. And after Alexi is nowhere to be found, he grabs the sat phone. Of course, we all expect him to call, you know, for, um, uh, you know, for uh, a helicopter to come and pick him up. But instead he ends up calling his wife and just as his wife answers the phone, unfortunately, uh, he drops the phone and passes away. But, uh, about a minute later, we find out why he did that. Um, and rather than calling for, um, you know, uh, an escape chopper, he calls his wife because he was also infected. And then that's the final scene of the film where we see uh, another military team coming towards James' dead body. And then his eyes open up and they have that same glossed over look that all the other people had. Uh, when they were first infected, and the movie goes to black. So, I don't know. Are they setting up a sequel? Who knows? Maybe. But that, that my friends, not. is Death Valley 2021. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I, I'm watching it right now as we're talking about it. And like I said, as I mentioned earlier, it is a good-looking film. It looks like a Hollywood, you know, theatrical production. You know, it's it's somewhat well-made i'm not going to say well-made because like i said i hate um handheld cameras especially when an entire film is shot on handheld cameras like this one is um and i'm actually watching the scene where uh the uh the, the monster kills um the one russian guy that was keeping marshall hostage a pretty interesting oh. scene all he does is squeeze his head but this is this would have been a scene where they could have stuck some gore in there You know, rather than just squishing the head and just hearing a crack and dropping it, let's actually see the head break, you know? You know, give us a little bit of gore. A movie like this, I feel, needs gore. This movie needs gore. Like, this movie is almost a TV movie as it is. I mean, yeah, there's language in here, but, you know, there's not really a whole lot of on-screen death, at least not anything too bloody or violent. You know, we we get some, as I said, we get some bites. We get a lot of gunshots. (laughs) Did you guys also notice I, – I also found this funny. Did you notice how when our two main mercenaries were outside, uh, you know, shooting – during the gunfight with the with the militia, they were fucking Rambo. They were pulling off headshots from, like, 50 meters away. Like, the, they, they were, like, super soldiers outside. But then once we get inside the facility and we see these fucking – ugly nasty monsters do they go for headshots nope they shoot them in the chest over and over and over and over again they just continue to shoot these creatures in the uh in the chest and i'm just thinking wait you'll kill human soldiers with headshots but you won't even attempt a headshot with the fucking monsters (laughs) this is is what i'm talking about about some of the decision making in this movie and maybe it's not even the fault of the characters like maybe this is more the writer director of the film just being inconsistent like i said these guys were super soldiers outside and then in the facility they're fucking preschoolers so i don't know what the hell happened i mean obviously when you see a monster something that you've never seen before yes it, it can affect your psyche and it, it can affect your nerves things like that but uh it just yeah it's like they forgot how to shoot a gun when they went inside the facility and I don't know. That's the kind of shit I notice. I know most people won't notice that kind of stuff, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of like that. So there you go, folks. Death Valley doesn't get a recommendation from me. It seems like it gets a mild one from Mike, and it seems like it gets a slightly stronger one from Don. Gentlemen, anything else you want to add? Uh, I, I mean, I, would say, I
0: wouldn't even give it a mild recommendation. I would just say it's kind of there. I mean, I'm... Yeah,
2: I, I would go with a mild recommendation. Okay, there we go. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean I, I i think this type of movie there is an audience for it and there's going to be people that like it more than me obviously i think dong is one of them mm-hmm. um and it's not like the worst thing out there yeah. obviously there there is plenty worse that you can get than this i just don't see it as something that i would tell people Oh yeah you got to go see this especially at this Point in the year when people are probably looking to fill in gaps or find like those last minute watches to possibly be on their list. This isn't one of those, so yeah. You you can (laughs) you can leave it for the future.
2: Exactly, yeah. Oh well.
0: All right. Well, with that said, um, I think we got one more episode this year. Monday the twentieth, yeah. So next week will be our final episode, but I believe there's no theatrical release coming, right? So we're going to finish it out with a VOD.
1: Yeah, not until Scream.
0: All right, well, we'll figure out what we're going to do next, Um, but let's find out where we can hear from everyone. So, Venom, what do you have out currently?
1: Honestly, I don't have a lot new. In fact, I have very little new just because, again, it's December and I've got so many other responsibilities as well. I haven't been podcasting nearly as much as I did in October and November. About the only new thing that I have is I did a guest spot on Cinema Attack this past weekend. I participated in their Christmas commentary episode and for that we did 1983's Blood Beat, which man, if anybody out there has seen Blood Beat, then you know the pain that I've gone through. If you don't if you've never seen Blood Beat, I'll just say this. It's a movie about a samurai ghost killing people in central Wisconsin. I think that's all you really need to know. Oh uh, and it's
2: it's a it's a Christmas movie too.
1: And that that was the other thing. Uh, yeah. One person in the movie says Merry Christmas, so it makes it a Christmas movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you don't even
1: see a christmas tree until over an hour into the film like literally the only thing that says it's christmas is that one girl saying merry christmas to somebody and it's like oh okay so it must be a christmas movie i mean there's like no snow on the ground it's a it, it's christmas in wisconsin really it doesn't snow in wisconsin it seems like they had that that thing with like halloween where they shot the original halloween in the middle of the summer in california So it's hard to make it look like fall in Illinois. Uh, It seems like they kind of ran into the same thing here with this one. So, yeah, Blood Beat. I would say (laughs) I'd say if you're interested in hearing me get tortured for an hour and a half, go ahead and check out that commentary. Um, It's not an easy movie to find either. So I'm not sure where people are. If you don't already own it, Vinegar Syndrome did release a Blu-ray of it. So if you if you are one of the lucky or unlucky few, depending on what side of the fence you're on, that actually owns that uh, Blu-ray, then you'll be able to listen to Cinema Attacks uh, commentary. And like I said, if you want to hear me just die inside for 90 minutes, then, yeah, this is your opportunity, my friends. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. I got new, Mike. I mean, everything else is just the episodes that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Creature Comforts, episode three uh underwater kaiju from outer space episode what 23 or 24 i forget where we are at that point um uh, yeah i forget <laughs> um it's not horror okay uh chicha chong is still our latest episode and nothing new from in the mic of madness so yeah that's it for me mike it's been slow just the one guess but
0: Nah, it's the holidays we all deserve to take it a little slower but uh don what do you got <laughs>
2: Um, The only thing I've got, um, I've gotten a a couple more episodes for uh, my new show, Horror Countdown, um, recorded. Nothing's been edited, nothing's been fixed or anything, but uh, I have all of the episodes for January recorded. So um, basically, I think once we finish the next week's show, it's going to be into the editing room and getting everything um, accomplished with my mediocre to below average editing skills.
1: (laughs) I'm right there with you, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, it's going to be uh, getting those ready for the uh, January release. So, um, I, I have everything recorded. Um, all of that's uh, good to go. Just uh, have to make it presentable, I guess. Which, yeah. <laughs> like I said, with my mediocre to non existent skills, will probably take me most of the week. So, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, I do have uh, social media pages for it. It's a uh, horror countdown pod um, almost everywhere, I, I think. I think Twitter, I only have it at a sort countdown because there's too many characters for some reason. But yeah, um, go ahead and follow that. Um, it's everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for it. You'll find it. Um, announcements are going to be coming soon as to um, you know when it's going to officially come out, where the show's going to be hosted and all that. So uh, go ahead and keep track of that for uh, it dropping in January. So mm. getting really close to getting it out there. Nice
0: cool we're all looking forward to it and maybe mm-hmm. participating eventually <laughs> you
2: guys have open you guys have open spots so just let me know
0: cool uh all right well as far as i know yeah nothing really new uh i know i'm still going to be uh on an episode of uh what is it 12 nights of chasemis or days, days. chasemess or movies yep. of chasemess. okay days um yeah so i'll be recording that probably Probably in the upcoming week sometime, but um I'm trying to think. do I? Have, other than that, nothing scheduled other than normal shows. Uh, our December episode of No More and Health should be recording, what, this Saturday? Yep. Uh, yeah, as long as nothing knocks that off the schedule, that should be coming. And, yeah, so like I said, December, we try to not overload ourselves because we do – you know it's like to spend some time catching up on 2021s we missed so uh i think yeah episode after next will be the top 10 it's, it's hard to believe we're already there but it is so so
2: yeah, yeah. me to be on the top 10 show that i'm not hosting so <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh all right well with that said yeah we are going to get out of here so thank you everybody for listening to the latest episode of fresh cuts we will be back next week with our final episode of 2021 so until then catch you later let's say bye to the listeners adios later peace